I start each day with two of the most important things in my life. First is my King James Bible. Second is my cup of coffee. Having coffee that early in the morning allows me to spend quality time in my studies. Proverbs 22 verse 9 tells us, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Let me introduce you to free lunch coffee. They are on a mission to end hunger from the lives of young children, thus following a godly principle of giving food to the poor. When you buy one bag of free lunch coffee, you are providing 10 meals to children in need. And free lunch coffee gives away 50% of the money they make to end hunger in the lives of these young children. How cool is that? They also have some amazing custom-made mugs and tumblers, each mug providing 10 meals and tumbler providing 20 meals to children in need. Beyond this fantastic cause, Free Lunch Coffee has great coffee that is specialty grade, certified organic, and fair trade. They offer a 100% money-back guarantee for 30 days. If you don't absolutely love their coffee, they will give you a full refund. And you can keep the coffee. You have nothing to lose. Free Lunch Coffee is offering a 10% discount to the loyal listeners of this podcast. So use coupon code ILOVEJESUS at checkout. So go to their website, check it out at freelunchcoffee.com. Welcome to another episode of the Higher Ground KJV Bible Study, and we're looking at today continuing our study in the Gospel of John, looking at the end of chapter 1. Specifically, we're going to be reading John chapter 1, verses 46 through verses 51, and looking at that. So if you have your Bible with you, or on your phone, or in another method. I'll give you just a second to grab that. John chapter 1 and verse 46. And the Bible says, And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Verse 50. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. We see here, and we remember from our previous episode, that we looked at uh, Andrew's experience of being called by Christ. And then once he accepted that calling, he immediately went and told Peter about it. Then we looked at Philip's experience and Philip being identified and called by Christ. And then once Philip accepted that calling, he went immediately and found Nathaniel. And then we looked at Nathaniel's experience uh, during our last episode. Well, now we're going to look at these last few verses, and we're specifically looking here at Jesus testifying of himself. We see in verse 50, the Bible says, Jesus answered and saith unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. You see here Jesus Christ revealing and the revelation of God and the one who reveals greater things. Once you accept that calling from him and you have that relationship with him, you're going to see so many things if in your life and other people's lives that are just awesome to witness. It's this belief in Jesus that brought these greater things in, into Nathaniel's life. Nathaniel believed Jesus, therefore he could expect to receive greater things, to receive more and more from God. One word of caution here, especially in our era that we're in right now, there's a large movement of... Uh, incorrect teachings out there on prosperity gospel that is once you're saved you can expect nothing but good the bible never says that the bible never says that if anything the bible cautions us that the life of a christian is going to be hard you're going to be persecuted you're going to be singled out you're going to uh, suffer attacks from satan and others. These things will happen. You may not get all your wishes and dreams. You will get what God wants you to have and what he believes is best for you. So as you can continue growth in a relationship with him, it's, it's, it's God that determines what you have and what you don't have. And it's not all going to be good. And you can take this verse here in verse 50 where Jesus answered and said, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. Believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. This is not promising that you will only see good. It's saying that you may see some, you're going to see some wonderful, exciting things, but they could be in other people's lives. And as a Christian, we... Uh, we smile on the inside and out when we see somebody else receive a blessing from God. 
just as much as we may smile if we receive that same blessing. So we see it is Jesus excuse me, it is Jesus himself who is the revelation of God. Therefore it is Jesus who reveals these greater things of life. You may not be a Christian. You may be listening to this podcast right now and not have given your life to Christ and experience what you consider are great things. That's very possible. But what we're saying here is that if you get that relationship with God, you're going to experience even greater things. The things you're experiencing as a non-Christian are so superficial and temporary. They're, they're just things that you possess now while on this in this world. The things you receive from God are eternal. How greater can that be? So Jesus Christ is the embodiment embodiment of this revelation. So if you have your Bibles, flip over to Colossians 2.9. Colossians 2.9. And I have my Bible here in front of me. So I'm going to flip over here. Colossians is uh, New Testament. Colossians 2.9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him. In who? In Christ. In Christ is who this full embodiment of the Godhead. What is the Godhead? The Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. In Christ is who all of this kind of contains, and he's who we direct our attention to. He is the one that is revealing the message from his Father. Remember, we talked about in previous episodes that what was his purpose? What did John the Baptist say his purpose was here on this earth? John the Baptist's purpose was to prepare the way for the Messiah. The Messiah then comes to offer a way for us to experience God through him. So Jesus Christ is the embodiment of this revelation. What else? Jesus Christ is the communicator of this revelation. Again, flip. We're in John, studying John chapter 1, but flip over to John chapter 14. Again, I'm turning in my Bible just like you are. John chapter 14, verse 9. We're going to read just two verses, verses 9 and 10. John chapter 14, verse 9. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doth the works. Jesus Christ is the communicator of this revelation because he is God. God dwells in him. He is God. When Jesus talks, it is God talking. There's many people out there that, and we've likely already addressed it. There's many people out there that would say, well, the Bible is such a wonderful story, but Jesus never claims to be God. That's just not true. 
And in the Gospel of John, we're going to see this over and over where Christ tells us he is God. And the message that he is telling us is the message from God. Jesus Christ is the liberator of this revelation. John chapter 10, verse 10. And just go a couple of pages to the right. John chapter 10, verse 10 tells us, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, who, Jesus, am come that thou might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, they who Christians. It is through Jesus that you get that abundant life. You get that eternal life. Verse 51, back in John chapter 1, tells us, And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Notice in verse 51, it starts off with Jesus saying, Verily, verily. We're going to see this a lot through the Gospel of John. But what's that mean? Well, the verily, verily is Christ saying, This is important. What I'm getting ready to tell you is important and I want it to stand out since Jesus is the word remember in John uh, chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God since Christ is that word his statements are by definition the word of the Lord for this reason Jesus can and must preface his statements in a similar manner to those from God in the Old Testament we see in the Old Testament when God spoke he would say, thus saith the Lord, and then speak. Give us a command. Give us some sort of uh, instruction. Well, Christ similarly just simply, simply says, verily, verily. Now, we see this in all four Gospels, this, this uh, Jesus prefacing his statements and teachings, especially those of significance, with a, what can only be called an authoritative preface. Again, it's to make something stand out. This is important. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Matthew um, uses just a single verily, verily, and then the statement 30 times. Mark, a single verily, 14 times. Luke, a single verily, seven times. John alone records this double verily, this verily, verily, and it does so 25 times. The double verily is used to emphasize the Lord's divine authority, to mark the importance of what he was about to say, and to affirm the certainty of the truth he declares when he does say that. What's he telling us right here? He's saying, this is important. Listen up. And he says, I say unto you, hereafter, ye shall see heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What is this? Well, he's saying Jesus Christ is the mediator between God and man. When we pray, we end our prayers by asking, um, uh, 
in the name of Jesus, amen. That's how we um, end our prayers, because we're praying to Christ. We're praying in the name of Christ, and that message goes to Christ, who is God, to his Father. What's he mean when he says, ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man? This is a really neat uh, picture here. And this is a picture of Jacob's ladder, if you're familiar with that account. If you're not, we're going to take the time and we're going to read about it. John, or excuse me, Genesis chapter 28, first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 28. This is a fairly long reading, but I want to read this so that we understand what Christ is telling us there in the last verse of chapter 1. John chapter 28, verse 1 starts off and it says, And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. God Almighty bless thee, make thee fruitful, multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people, and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, and thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padan Aram, unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take him a wife from thence, that, and that as he blessed him, he gave him a charge, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother and was gone to Padan Aram. And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father, then went Esau unto, the, unto Ishmael and took unto the wives which he had Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife. And now we see this dream account from Jacob, verse 10. Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. You see that same terminology from John chapter 1. The angels of God ascending and descending on it. That verse is in uh, Genesis 28, verse 12. Now, verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it and to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thee and in thy seed all the families of the earth are blessed 
Behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places, whether thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillow and set it for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the ci- that city was called Luz at the first. Verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat, and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. Can I take just a second? It's not in my notes, but as I'm reading this scripture, that last verse, verse 22, Genesis 28, 22, and it ends with, um, I, uh, Jacob saying, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. You see this, even in Genesis, this, um, this mention of tithing. Once I have this relationship with God and once I call him mine and I follow him, make him my savior, I owe him some sort of of sacrifice some sort of i just owe him something of value and j and jacob gives us this um practice of giving a tenth and we still do this today when uh, i tithe every um to tithe from my income to my local church i give a tenth of my earnings to the local church been doing that for several years now, if you would have asked me uh, many years prior, could could I do that? I said, no, nah, I really don't think I could. But on faith, we took the step, my wife and I, and we've been doing it ever since. And you just, it's amazing how God provides and how God blesses you once you um, follow that command. It's not in my notes, but I saw that and wanted to mention it. Going back to my notes, again, on the point of Jesus Christ as the mediator between God and man, we see this this description, ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's in John, and we see that again in Genesis. It's this picture of open access into the very presence of God. You have open access. You don't. I don't have to go to my pastor confess to him and then put all of that in his hands so he can talk to God. I can do it directly and I do it directly through Christ because I have that relationship with Christ. 
Jesus is saying, he is Jacob's ladder. The ladder is a symbol of him. He is the one who opens heaven. He is not a ladder that you just climb, but one that you trust, one that you rest upon and believe him. Isn't that true? You going to climb a ladder that you don't trust? Maybe early in my years when I was younger, I might have. Now I have wisdom behind me. I'm not going to climb a ladder unless I am sure that this is sturdy. I've seen other people utilize it. I've seen other people utilize it and do so safely. My Christian walk is, is by faith. I see this faith in other people's, other Christians' life at our church, and I see them be blessed by God and be obedient to Him and have wonderful families and a wonderful relationship in God. And then I, I model that behavior. He's the one who reaches from heaven to earth the one of whom man has his communication carried up into heaven through Christ. Notice this movement of the angels. This is interesting. Ascending and descending, going up and coming down. This is constant. We often think of angels and we maybe think of them in some sort of spirit way. And this is a a spiritual thing and angels are real folks angels are already here they're watching over our children angels watch over god's people in this hostile world we live in there's angels assigned to churches there's angels assigned to each nation on this planet it's awesome to really wrap your head around and think about and maybe one of these days we'll do a, a study just on angelology but i took a semester long course through our bible institute through our church and we did this study on angelology and it's just fascinating a man can approach god and enter into heaven through christ the loneliness and alienation which man knows has been bridged Christian seeks God not in some mystical place but in the person of Christ. I don't have to I should go to church. I should be there every time the, the the assembling of the body happens. But I don't have to be in that building to be and communicate with Christ. I can do that anywhere. I have that relationship, that open access to heaven through him. Now a man has access to God only through Christ. This is very important. And back in John, I'm going to flip back over into John from Genesis. And if you can do the same, uh, John chapter 14, verse 6. Uh, John chapter 14, Verse 6 tells us, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man cometh unto the Father but through Christ. We don't have to pray to another prophet. 
We don't have to pray to another saint or saints. I don't have to go to my pastor, tell him my prayers, and have him go to God through Christ. No, I can do it. John 14, 6, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Doesn't say no preacher cometh unto the Father but by me. It doesn't say that no man cometh unto the Father but through my mother, Mary. That's not what the Bible teaches, folks. I love my Catholic friends. I, I, I believe that Catholics can be Christian, but we don't go to Christ through Mary. We don't have to pray to Mary. We pray to Jesus, and he goes to God. A man can have this constant communication with God. Do you? Can you wrap your head around that? You can have constant communication with God, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day. All you have to do is stop and talk to God, talk to Jesus. Anytime, any place, driving your car, watching TV and something hits you at work. You don't have to close your eyes even. You don't even have to you don't have to kneel. You don't have to close your eyes to pray. You could pray with your eyes open if you're driving your car, please do. But you can talk to Jesus at any point. And you have that access to God. Discipleship is displayed by those who come and see. I mentioned this in prior lessons and I, I mention it again, this this statement where Somebody asks a question of one of the called, of uh, one of the called. Specifically, we saw the calling of Andrew, and how Andrew went and told Peter. Peter had a question, and all Andrew said was, "Come and see." We see this "come and see." That is, who return to God and seek Him through Jesus. And then we see that Jesus Christ is the Son of Man. It means that he's more than what an ordinary man is. More than a son of some man. Jesus is what every man ought to be, the son of man himself. Let's not forget, Jesus, yes, is 100% God. Jesus is also 100% man. And he lived a sinless life. He is able to show us that we can live that type of life. We have a fallen nature, and the reality is we all sin. None of us will ever attain, but we can seek to attain. We can seek that perfection. We can seek to be more Christ-like. Truth is, we're never going to be there. We're never going to reach that level. No one has that doesn't mean we shouldn't try jesus christ is the ideal man the embodiment of everything a man ought to be and if you read the new testament and we're doing some episodes coming up where we're just going to read the bible we're just going to read through the bible we're going to start in the new testament specifically matthew so i encourage you watch for those episodes i hope you're reading your bible every day but 
if you're not, just turn on the episodes and we'll read two, three, four, five chapters an episode and just give you a mechanism to be able to hear God's word. Christ is everything God wants a man to be and is perfectly is seen perfectly in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the ideal servant of man. Jesus is this pattern, the model, the perfect example of concern and caring. And as we go through our studies in the Gospel of John, you're going to see this played out. You're going to see Jesus going to somebody that needs help and offering that help. Sometimes these people ask him for help and he provides, and sometimes they just don't. They're not looking to him, but he goes to them. He served other people just like every man ought to serve other people. Ministry is about people, folks. I do this podcast so that it is in my prayers that through these studies that there will be somebody out there. Somebody out there that hears this either contacts higher ground directly or contacts somebody they know directly so that we can help you make sure that when you die, you go to heaven. That is a what more important calling that any of us have. There is none. That's the reason we do this. Second reason would be if you are a Christian, we do this because we're told in Scripture that we should be able to give an answer. So as we go through Scripture, we're going to look at uh, different concepts, different theological concepts, different um, accounts, try to explain what the Bible's telling us. We're supposed to disciple others. So this would be a form of discipleship for those that are saved. I hope you're sharing Higher Ground KJV Bible study with your friends and family. If you're not, please do so. It can be difficult sometimes to um, talk about your faith. It could be difficult to share with others your faith. What easier way to do it than just to share with them, hey, I'm, I've found this new podcast. It's it's pretty interesting where they're going through scripture, they're reading different articles on Christianity, and they're reading the Bible. Man, check it out. Less than an hour, less than 45 minutes, sometimes left in 30 minutes each episode. What better way to share the truth of Christ than just to get somebody to, to listen to higher ground? I also encourage you, don't forget about freelunchcoffee.com. I do, um, as we look for sponsors on this podcast, I look very carefully because it's important to me that our sponsors live up to what uh, the Bible tells us is in regards to Christian values. You won't see ads for for items that I consider or that the Bible considers a sin. You won't see that here at Higher Ground. But in doing the research, freelunchcoffee.com provided a uh, product while accomplishing Christian principles. 
and I was drawn to that. And after speaking with uh, their owner, we now have that relationship. And as we mentioned at the start of the episode, if you go on to their website, freelunchcoffee.com and order some coffee and use the checkout code, I love Jesus, he'll give you 10% off. So again, thank you for listening. I look forward to uh, speaking and uh, communicating with you soon, very soon. God bless. Thank you.